Hello and welcome to The Whistler from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Signal Oil Program, The Whistler. That whistle is your signal for the Signal Oil Program, The Whistler. I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. Yes, friends, it's time for the Signal Oil program, The Whisper. Rated by independent research, the most popular West Coast program. In gasoline, you know, it takes extra quality to go farther. And Signal is the famous go-farther gasoline. So look for the Signal circle sign in yellow and black that identifies Signal service stations from Canada to Mexico. And now the Whistler's strange story, The Deadly Penny. It was only day before yesterday. Just last Saturday, in fact, that Millie Parker made a decision. It wasn't a hasty decision, not by any means, for Millie was not the type of person who made hasty decisions. There was a mountain of thought behind this one, long, sleepless nights, careful consideration of possible outcomes. She knew, of course, that it would involve stepping over the line into illegal territory, that very possibly... She would find herself a fugitive from justice. But Millie was the kind who'd rather be a wealthy fugitive than a law-abiding citizen who was poor. It was the loss of pride that bothered her most. The fact that after a full year of separation, she'd need her estranged husband, Yancey, again. So by the time she arrived at Yancey's run-down boarding house, last Saturday morning, Millie was preparing herself for the old... uh, tongue-in-cheek approach she knew Yancey would use when he saw her once again. Well. Hello, Yancey. Mind if I pick myself up off of the floor? It's been a long time. Yeah, 13 months. I counted them. Well, I see you haven't changed a bit, honey. Thanks for the compliment. It wasn't a compliment. Mind if I come in? Yeah, Sure. Sure, I mind, but so what? You'd come in anyway. Thanks. Ah, take that chair by the window. Ah, no, no, don't lean back in it. That's Mrs. Jolly's best Duncan Five. Oh, wonderful landlady, Mrs. Jolly. She and I have the same appreciation of fine things. The old and the rare, you know. Now take that dresser. Got it for a song only the other day at a junkyard on 3rd Street. Yancey. Yep. Yancey, you have had a tough time, haven't you? Oh, not at all, Millie. As a matter of fact, I've got myself a new soul. No more worldly pleasures, just the life of the mind. Please don't be ridiculous. All right, Millie. What do you want? It's uh, about you. Yeah? 
You know, of course, that the divorce business is out of the question. It's not that. Only one other thing could bring you here, then. Money. Yancey, you've got to... Wait a minute. Tell me first. Is it money? Yeah, it's money. (laughs) You ought to have known better. I'm not exactly wealthy, Cherub. You will be if you stop making a fool of yourself. Well, I'm listening. You know I'm working at the Consolidated Investment Company. Naturally, I called there three times this morning. Why? I got you a message about coming today. I was just trying to save you a trip. What did you tell them? Oh, relax, darling, relax. When they said you weren't there, I hung up. Oh. <laughs> uh, the same old Millie. The blonde hair, the Cupid's bow lips, and deep in the eyes, the little sparkling dollar signs. <laughs> How much are we going to steal, darling? Please, yes. Come on, come on, get to the point. You're here for one reason. There's some big dough kicking around loose, and you want me for a fall guy. That's not it, Yancey. Oh, I know you, baby, just like a book. You're not the fall guy. Go on. It's $45,000, Yancey. <laughs> and you walked out on me because you were through with the rackets. Just <laughs> petty rackets, Yancey. Listen, you know I'm private secretary to Mr. Poole of Consolidated Investment. He has a lot of faith in me. Poor guy. I do his banking. I'm the only one besides Mr. Poole who can get into the safe deposit box in the bank. That's interesting. This morning, he gave me $45,000 in negotiable bonds to deposit in the box. I've been expecting it for some time. Mm-hmm. And being a dutiful wife, you want me to share in the windfall. I'm not finished. Last week was the end of the company's fiscal year. Yesterday, an accounting firm finished auditing the books. That means it'll be almost a year before they go through the books again. So What? So now they're through, Mr. Poole won't go near the safe deposit box until next year. Unless I leave, of course. That's why I came to see you. There's only one sure way to turn those bonds into cash, and that's to do it before they're known to be missing and the traces are sent out. So that's where I come in, huh? You have an unusual talent for selling securities without exciting much attention. Touching the way you trust me? I think I can trust you. You're smart enough to know you... Yeah, 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 sure. What is it, 50-50? Right, you can sell them in San Francisco. Stay at the Harbor Hotel. I'll meet you in two weeks. When do I take off? Now. Where are the bonds? I just happen to have them here in my purse. You've uh, thought this over, Millie? You know what's going to happen. Yes, I know what's going to happen. We uh, could have a lot of fun on 45 grand. Just like before, Yancey. Places we can go together, the things we can do. Just like it used to be, Millie. Just like... What's the matter, Yancey? The dollar signs again. Like where they always were in those great big baby blue eyes. Ah, skip it, Millie, skip it. Give me the bonds. I'll see you in San Francisco. Yes, Mr. Poole? Would you mind coming in a minute, Millie? Yes, sir. Just get in, Millie? Yes, sir. I was down at the bank. Oh, of course. I sent you down with the bonds. I forgot all about it. I've been buzzing you for ten minutes. That's quite all right, Mr. Poole. Millie, I don't quite know how to begin. Uh, It really isn't any of my business, but somehow I feel quite concerned. Is something wrong, Mr. Poole? Millie, you know how I've always valued our friendship. I really feel quite close to you. That's why I'm taking the liberty of saying what's on my mind. I go right ahead, Mr. Poole. 
It's over a year since you left your husband, Millie. Yes, I... I guess it is. He called here at the office three times this morning. Well, that's nothing, Mr. Poole. Then, uh, why are you so nervous? What? You're shaking like a leaf. Oh, I, I didn't realize. Millie, you're afraid of him, aren't you? Well, he's harmless, Mr. Poole. It's just that he and I didn't agree on the separation, and, well, he's always hounding me, trying to get me to come back. I don't think he's harmless, Millie. Matter of fact, I think he's rather dangerous. I... I want to help you if I can. Please, there's nothing you can do. I'm just keeping away from him as best I can. It'll just take time. Oh, very well, Millie. I still think you're being a little foolish, though. Uh, that's all I wanted to talk to you about. Thank you, Mr. Poole. Oh, uh, uh, Millie. Yes? I'm sorry. There was something else. I, uh, I wondered if you'd help me out a little this afternoon. I know it's Saturday, but I thought if you hadn't planned anything... What was it, Mr. Poole? We're in quite a spot with that audit. Houston and company just told me they're tied up on another account every morning of next week. They can't send the auditors over here until the afternoon. The auditors? <laughs> they were here all last week, Millie. Surely you know them by now. What are you talking about? The audit was all finished yesterday. Of course. I was thinking you were here when they called this morning. Oh, I'm afraid we're going to have to get things ready for the auditors all over again. That's why I was hoping you'd stay. Mr. Poole, what do you mean, get things ready? It seems our books were out of balance by the impressive sum of one cent. You mean they're going to have to do another audit for one cent? It seems silly. It's ridiculous. But it's necessary. Uh, since the auditors are only available afternoons, we'll start Monday by checking the securities down at the bank. And this time, I'm going over it with him. I see. Uh, how about it, Millie? Will you stay this afternoon and help me out? I'm sorry, Mr. Poole. I don't feel well at all. I, I've been working pretty hard. Of I, course, Millie. I thought I'd go home this afternoon and rest. Uh, you don't mind. I'm not such an ogre as that. Go ahead. I, uh, I don't have to tell you that, that anything you want is all right with me, do I? <laughs> With the prologue of The Deadly Penny, the Signal Oil Company brings you another strange tale by The Whistler. At the beginning of these programs, you've heard me say, in gasoline, it takes extra quality to go farther. And of course, if you've lived out west any length of time, you know that from Canada to Mexico, Signal is famous as the go-farther gasoline. But perhaps you're one of those folks who like proof. So I'd like to take just one moment now to explain what those qualities are that make Signal's good mileage possible. Look at it this way. Anything that gets extra efficiency from your motor also helps you get extra mileage, right? Well, when science increased the power of today's Signal gasoline, they naturally gave you quicker starting, faster pickup, and quieter, higher anti-knock. And it's because of this improved performance that you now go farther than ever with Signal gasoline. That's why Signal says your speedometer is the best yardstick of gasoline quality. It really does take extra quality to go farther. Good reason why more and more drivers are switching to Signal, the famous go-farther gasoline. And now, back to the whistler.
Riley, you weren't lying when you told Mr. Poole you weren't feeling well. His remark about the return of the auditors had pretty much the effect of the floor being suddenly yanked out from under you, and you had to hang on to the edge of his desk for support. The minute you're out of his office, you grab your hat and coat and hurry down to the drugstore on the ground floor. There's a telephone booth just inside the door. I'd like to speak to Yancey Parker, please. Well, hang on a minute. I'll see if he's in. Your mind is spinning now, trying to grab the essentials, fighting to get through the maze that has suddenly sprung up before you. It's Saturday now. The auditors won't be available until Monday afternoon. That gives you two hours, from 10 until 12 Monday morning, to get the bonds back from Yancey and into that safe deposit box. Yancey? Well, it's my little apple dumpling again. In case you're interested, baby, the airlines are all tied up over the weekend. I can't get out till Monday morning. Wait a minute, Yancey. Something terrible has happened. Don't tell me. Let me guess. Listen to me. The auditors were a penny off. Huh? They've got to do the audit all over again. Mr. Poole's going down to the bank with them Monday afternoon to check the securities. What kind of malarkey is that? A penny off? I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. When did all this happen? This morning while I was gone. Well... That, uh, that kind of puts a finger on me, doesn't it? I better get a move on. What do you mean? Get rid of them today somewhere. What are you talking about? We wouldn't have a chance. They'd know they were gone two days after you sold them. They'd catch us in nothing flat. So what's the other answer? I've got to put those bonds back. What? I'll come over and get them right now, and sometime between 10 and 12 Monday, I'll put them back in the box. Uh-huh. The old dollar signs again. What do you mean, Yancey? Just came over me like a flash, honey. You suddenly decided old Yancey wasn't good enough for their 50-50 split, so you found yourself another boy. Don't be stupid. No, not stupid, honey. Just careful. You've done it before. Please, Yancey, you've got to believe me this time. Where can I see you? I'm going home right now. I'll be right over. Thanks, and, and darling... Skip that, darling. Yancey, bring the bonds, will you? All right, baby. I'll bring the bonds. Thanks. Pardon me, I... Not at all. Come on, Millie. Oh. Mr. Poole, what are you doing here? Never mind. Come on, get in my car. All right, Mr. Poole. All right. What is it? Just this. Next time you take it upon yourself to go home sick without letting me offer you a ride, you're fired. Is that clear, Millie? Yes, I'm glad that's understood. Now, suppose you tell me where you live. It's right there in the next block. You can let me out here, Mr. Poole. Nonsense. Well, please, it's no trouble. The Poole limousine service operates only on a door-to-door -door basis. You've been very nice. I'm trying to be in my own crude way. Ah, uh, Incidentally, Millie, I thought for a long time that you're quite nice, too. Well, I'm flattered, Mr. Poole. <laughs> Think nothing of it. Ah, here we are. You stay right there. I'll get out. I wouldn't think of it. Uh, 
At your service. Come on. Right up to the door. Mr. Poole. Part of the service. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Hey, you, stop. Oh, ran out of the alley as we walked up. You see who it was? No, no, I... I, I did. It was your husband. Well, it's nothing at all. He's hanging around all I the time. I think it's high time someone did something about him, don't you? You can't do anything, I tell you. We'll see about that. Now, uh, you'd better go in and get some rest. You're a pretty sick girl. You, uh... You let me take care of Yancey, will you? Well, Millie, it's getting a little beyond you, isn't it? The minute you're in your room, you close the door and put a call through to Mrs. Jolly's boarding house. And it's only after she tells you Yancey is out that you realize it was stupid. He simply hasn't had time to get back yet. So you call an hour later and an hour after that, but still he hasn't arrived. It's nine o'clock when your phone finally rings. Yancey. Well, you're psychic, baby. How'd you know it was me? I've been trying to get you all afternoon. And I wasn't there. Incidentally, I'm still not there. I've got to see you right away. Gonna bring Mr. Poole along? I couldn't get out of it, Yancey. He insisted. Yeah, sure, sure. Thirteen months you worked for him. And you wait for me until I'm as hot as a firecracker with 45 grand in my coat pocket to bring him home with you. I said I was sick. He wanted me to... Ah, skip it, skip it. If I could add it up, I'd quit cold right now. You're in it as deep as I am. Took the words right out of my mouth. Let me see. The auditors will hit that safe deposit box about one on Monday afternoon, right? Yes. Then if you get the bonds back by Monday morning, you're in the clear, okay? Now, look, I want to talk this over with a friend of mine, Millie. So I'll be out of town tomorrow. I'll meet you here at the boarding house at 9 sharp Monday morning. What about the bonds? That's what I'm going to talk to my friend about. So long, baby. Pleasant dreams. Well, Millie, if you live to be a hundred, you'll never face another day like Sunday. Deadly, tense, interminable Sunday. With a wall clock ticking like a sledgehammer in the corner. The ashtrays filling with half-smoked cigarettes. The floors littered with unread magazines. And Monday hanging over your head like an axe. It's just a quarter to nine on Monday morning when you race up the stairs of Mrs. Jolly's boarding house and down the hall to Yancey's room. Yancey! Yancey! Where is he? Yancey! Looking for Mr. Parker. Uh, yes, he said he'd be here this morning. I'm Mrs. Jolly. Sort of keep track of my boarders. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't answer. For good reason. What? Well, he ain't in there. Left about uh, 15 minutes ago. But he told me that Oh, he... don't make no difference. Quite that, Mr. Parker. Hard to follow his comings and goings. Where did he go? Mm, don't know rightly. Had his suitcase with him, though. Oh. Oh. Thanks, Miss Dolly. Flight 28, Phoenix, Tucson, El Paso. Loading now at 8-7. Yes, ma'am? When's the next plane to San Francisco? Let's see now. Uh, flight 8 just left. What did you say? Flight 8 just left for San Francisco five minutes ago. The next one's at 10. Oh, thank you. Can I uh, help you? No, not now. Thanks. Pardon me, sir. Are you next? Um, uh, looking for someone? Yancy. Surprise. What are you doing here? Uh, checking my baggage. Oh, thought you ran out on me. As a matter of fact, I am in a few hours. I was just on my way back to the house to meet you. Glad to hear it. 
crushing blow, knowing you still don't trust me? Where are the bonds? Ah, but we must be discreet, my child. Suppose, um, suppose we return to my chambers and discuss that very thing. Shall we? Yancey, I told you I didn't want a drink. But this is quite an occasion, darling. i got to bring it off in style. We haven't got time. Relax, honey, relax. It's only 10.15. You have at least two hours before the auditors get there. Aha, there we are. Basically turpentine, of course, but blended with the skill of a master. Shall we uh, drink to the old times, Millie? Oh, the stony silence. Very well, I drink to old times, to the Millie that used to be before the dollar signs came into her eyes. Are you through? You know, it's too bad you aren't in the mood for the niceties. It's quite an occasion, Millie. Where are they, Yancey? Where have you hidden them? Millie, my dear, first of all, you're right. There's no chance to dispose of the bonds. My friend agrees with you. Still, it puts me in an unusual position. For the first time since I've known you, Millie, I've got the upper hand. It'd be a shame to throw it away. Nancy, will you give me those bonds? Not so fast, I want darling. them, Nancy. I want them right now. You're going to get them. I've decided to let you have them, darling. Just on one condition, though. Go on. You'll get them back, Millie. Sound and whole on Tuesday morning. Wait a minute. That's too late, Nancy. They, they'd be... You're going to get them on Tuesday morning, and I'll be out of the state. <laughs> oh, it's going to be tough, I admit. I hate to miss the explanation scene this afternoon when you try to put it past those auditors. You wouldn't. I'd tell you... I'll take my chances, baby. I won't let you. Give them to me, Yancey. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Put down that gun, Millie. The rough stuff won't go. You tell me where they are or... Take it easy, kid. I mean every word I said, Yancey. Either I'd get them right now or I'd pull the trigger. All right, Millie. Look in that table drawer over there. Where? In the back, I put them in the back. Oh, no, you don't. Pull a gun on me, will you? I'll break your arm. Too bad. Too bad. Nancy. Nancy, I didn't mean to. It's too late now, Millie. And it only takes a second for the first shock to wear off. For that practical dollar and cents mind of yours to start clicking again. You've still got more than two hours. And you know the bonds is somewhere in the room. You go through Yancey's clothes first. And a piece of paper you find in his wallet saves you looking further. It's a receipt from the Eagle Delivery Service. Deliver? Not before Tuesday morning? Mrs. Millie Parker, Consolidated Investment Company. Insured value, $45,000. He was going to double-cross me. He wasn't kidding. Open up. I said open up or I'll shoot out the lock. You all right, Mrs. Parker? I heard the shot. Wow. He... He came at Wait me. Wait a minute, drop I... that gun. Hurry up. Yeah. That's better. Is it yours? Yeah. Doesn't matter. We'll check it. 
You know, this is very funny. I was hired to protect you from him. That's how I happened to be here. Thoughtful boss you got. Cost him 20 bucks a day. I've been trailing you ever since Sunday. I, I didn't mean to do it. Listen, I've got money. I'll pay you anything you want if you'll only let... Sit down, lady. If you're going to talk, you may as well be comfortable. The Whistler will return in just a moment with the strange ending of tonight's story. Meantime, with chilly nights and mornings definitely here to stay, here's a timely tip for you drivers. Don't forget that your car needs a special diet of signal winter lubricants if you want to keep wear down when the thermometer's down. For your transmission and differential, that means draining, flushing, and refilling with signal winter gear lube. If it's been 5,000 miles since your wheel bearings were serviced, better have them removed, thoroughly cleaned, and then repacked with signal long-life wheel bearing grease. And for your motor, it's high time to drain out summer weight oil. Refill with pure paraffin-based Signal Premium Motor Oil. Five scientific new compounds in Signal Premium Motor Oil not only make it flow freely instantly in coldest weather, but also keep motors six times cleaner and reduce cylinder wear one-third. Well, there you have it. The lubrication essentials your car needs now. Drive in for them this week at your nearby Signal service station. You'll drive out with a good feeling of confidence knowing that your car has the cold weather protection it needs to keep it purring through another winter. And now back to the whistler. Well, Millie, it's something you'll never forget, isn't it? The awful scene in Yancey's room. Mr. Poole's private detective sitting opposite you, toying with his automatic as you tell him everything. From the moment you decided to steal the securities and sell them through Yancey, until a minute ago when he broke through the door to find you standing over Yancey's body. You watch him carefully as you talk. Notice the interest in his eyes when you mention the $45,000. And there's a foolish stupid glimmer of hope in your heart as you finish. That's all I know. Nancy hated me. That's why I turned the bonds over to the delivery service marked delivered Tuesday morning. He knew they wouldn't get there until too late. Listen, Mr... Kelly. Right but true. I'm a detective named Kelly. Mr. Kelly, you... You could say you lost me back at the airport. I'll give you everything I have. There's a few thousand in my name and I... What... What about it, Mr. Kelly? Uh, No. I'm not for sale. Let's go, huh? All right, Mr. Kelly. Well, it's too bad, Mrs. Parker. All seems so useless when you look back at it. Guy gets himself knocked off. Beautiful dame goes up for murder. It was useless. How right you are. Uh, you say the auditors were only working afternoons? Yes. Huh. The bonds would have been in your hands tomorrow morning. That's a dirty shame. What do you mean? Why didn't you wait, baby? You could have put them back in that safe deposit box tomorrow morning. You had all the time in the world. No, I just told you the auditors will be at the bank today, this afternoon. Not this afternoon, kid. This is Armistice Day. The banks are closed. 
Let that whistle be your signal for the Signal Oil Program, The Whistler, each Monday at 9. Brought to you by the Signal Oil Company, who have asked me to remind you to get the most driving pleasure, drive at sensible speeds, be courteous, and obey traffic regulations. It may save a life, possibly your own. Featured in tonight's story were Betty Lou Gerson and Wally Maher. The Whistler was produced by George W. Allen, based on a story by Bernard Girard, music by Wilbur Hatch and was transmitted to our troops overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is Marvin Miller speaking for the Signal Oil Company. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.